3: and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin.
1: Welcome back to the one and only Cabs the Podcast, featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cabs the Blog bloggers. Now, now sit back, relax, relax,
3: and enjoy. Welcome back to Cavs of Podcast. Uh, we got Tom Pastek, Evil Genius, arguing over the Browns, and he Nate just had, had to a separate-
1: I detective. had to do uh,
3: they were both doing the hold me back thing. Yeah and it's hard really when both fight, your bros are doing I... the hold, hold me back thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Tom, dude, all cool. I will say to you, all you need to do is go back and watch I'm pretty sure you can get it all on HBO Go or hard whatever. Just watch the hard knocks. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Very fake. simply. Hugh Jackson Hugh Jackson is not a leader of men. Baker Mayfield is.
1: Ooh, I like it. That is a good tagline.
2: This is coming from somebody who did not like Baker Mayfield and didn't want the Browns to take him. I fully really? admit that. Yeah, yeah because I, I was with you. I would, I didn't like the crotch grab and the the planting the flag and and Ohio State. But he's and but he's the, backing it up. He's backing it up.
1: He is backing he, it
2: up. That's the thing about this guy. Like he backs he it up.
1: Really he looks really good. And you know who else looks really good is everyone else they drafted. Nick Chubb, yep. Pro Football Focus rates rates him right now the number one running back in all of football, and that catch he made was kind of insane. I'm really excited. Yeah. So you got me thinking but maybe don't I don't
2: let don't let this affect your. Don't let the national media narrative affect your, and the fact that you live in in that area and and Cincinnati fans are particularly butthurt this morning because. It's well, just the way it is. it is. I guess it's, it's not. More, it's their it's a little, a bigger deal.
1: I don't think it's really either of those things. I think it's, um, you know, every year since I've been, you know, seriously following the Browns as an adult, I have the same conversation um, a month before the season starts. Hey, man, what's up? Like, what do you think the Browns are going to do this year? And I go, and I say, well, how many games do you think they'll win? And they, they say, oh, I think if blah and, blah and blah and blah and blah and this and this and that happens, I think, you know, eight games. And I usually just smile and say, OK, divide that by two. That's what I think. And <laughs> every year I'm either right or I was overly optimistic. And so that's well, zero that's, that's, divided that's, by two is still zero. Well, so that's fan sentiment, right? That's fan sentiment. So I don't want the that, that's fine if fans are irrational. I don't want the Browns. To go all Kyrie Irving, all John Wall on me, and start thinking they they've earned something that they haven't because they beat. I don't Bengals. think they
2: have, though. I'm not saying but they, they have. I don't think they
1: have, and I think I just don't
2: want this. I don't think they will. I okay. don't okay. think they will. I'm a, Again, I'm I think there's a there's a there's a big difference. Here. There's a big difference between being boastful about your abilities and being confident in. Going out and, and taking care of business—that's very different things.
1: But can I just ask? Oh, like I—I I like Baker Mayfield. And I think his skills are insane. I think his mind is incredible. What he's doing right now as a rookie—I don't think it's ever been done before. But if I think of all the best quarterbacks ever, which one of them had kind of a, a, a trash-talking mindset? Because I feel like most of the best quarterbacks ever we a little Joe bit well. Philip
2: Rivers right now. Philip Rivers right now. Yeah,
1: Joe River, Philip yeah. Rivers
2: talks. Philip Rivers talks more trash than than your average defensive back.
1: Yeah, but I thought like post maybe in game. I thought post game Philip Rivers is like saying like hail marys and stuff. I thought he was. Pretty- what, tra- what trash? What trash? What trash
2: has Baker Mayfield talked other than about the coach that he wasn't particularly fond of to begin with, who didn't give him a chance in the summer. Again, watch the, watch the hard knocks. Didn't, Wouldn't didn't, even let him have reps with the starters. Didn't
1: and Mayfield essentially, say, Didn't Mayfield comment on, oh, LeBron should have drafted so-and-so, which some people were like, well, that was the draft where they chose Miles Garrett, so you're kind of implying. Right,
2: because it was the guy that beat him out at Texas Tech, uh, Mahomes.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, shouldn't you just keep your mouth shut about something like that? Like, isn't that a sh- kind of a slight at Garrett? Did you read the context of the question the way the media asked it?
2: No, I guess that wasn't the, the larger point. Here's, here's what I'll say to you, Tom. I am surprised that you are the guy of all people with all the things we talked about with fake news and things out there that just – I mean, dig a little deeper with this guy. Dig a little deeper with what you're hearing, with the with the with the sound bites that are out there because – I was amazed at the that at the backlash that came from this, in the in a world where it's ESPN looking, talking heads looking for clickbait. It's guys saying like, "Ooh, what quarterback? Most quarterbacks you give you the sound bites that you want to hear, or you know the the that you not that you want to hear the the ones that you expect. The well, they were really good. And we you know, and we we tried really hard. We beat them. Whatever. Here's a guy who's actually wearing his emotions on his sleeve a little bit. Well, I like He's that. Yeah, I like that. It pissed me I just, off. That, I just think this, he's, what happened. What happened with this guy pissed me off. I, what he said in that two weeks that he was doing his his apology tour, you know, or excuse tour, pissed me off. The fact that he went back to our rivals and goes, "I believe that this, this is a rivalry. These are the two football teams in in the state of Ohio. I want to make it a. I, it should be a rivalry, and I want to beat them every time we play them. Not just because he's there, but because he's there." It it does make – it certainly does make it sweeter. Absolutely. But you got to – I mean you put it in the context of like the questions that get asked of these guys by reporters that are there who are digging for – they're just digging for things that they can write about to get clicks. Dang. I mean Damian – Woody – Damian Woody, Damian Woody <laughs> going on first take this morning and saying like, Baker Mayfield needs to grow up. It's like, dude – you once stormed out of a of a at halftime of a game, that, of a team that you were disgusted with with the Jets because he played for the played for the Jets, and then went on a, a five minute diatribe that you put online. I mean, it's it's unprofessional as it gets. Here's his here's this former player calling a guy out and telling him he needs to grow up when all he did was was give an honest answer at a, at a press conference. You know what, Damien Woody, I was like, you know what, buddy. I, I hear FS1's looking for people.
1: Man, well, I feel EG, like you're, wham, with the right hand. I feel like you're <laughs> conflating things that aren't actually related. So you don't have to be... Not
2: at all. Not
1: at all. That's the only
2: thing that, that Baker Mayfield's thrown shade at is Hugh Jackson. He didn't throw shade at Cincinnati. Well, don't you see the and, irony no, of a
1: guy that transferred in college calling out a coach no. for getting fired? Like, Baker no, Mayfield because- get cut. And then go to another team did to Baker, find a second you know, chance. Baker
2: didn't have, you know Baker Mayfield didn't have? Ha, he, he was a walk on. He had a guaranteed a guaranteed scholarship at Texas Tech. He got injured, and then the coach wouldn't talk to him. What choice did he have? He didn't have a scholarship.
1: How okay, was he going to so, pay to so use school? that? Exa- use that exact same logic that you just graced upon him, to Hugh Jackson, who just got fired. Why is he? Why it's should after three seasons and thirty six losses? Why should? Well, that's a different thing. You're conflating. gonna hate. He got fired. Why shouldn't? Why shouldn't he? He got got pissed off because they compared him to him.
3: Yeah, he plays for the enemy now. He plays for another team. You know, sports fandom. You, you don't root. We're not Bengals fans. We're Browns fans. So root for the Browns. Root against the other team. I got no problem with that. You know, I don't root for the Lakers anymore. I don't root for Boston since Kyrie went there. I don't root for other teams. I root for the Browns. You know.
2: I love that he's already <laughs> he's already become this he, he loves the Browns. He loves the Browns the way that he that he loved playing at Oklahoma because they loved him.
1: Okay. Yeah. You you like the Brooklyn? I, I would just a, I would just own it and don't say you tough. like it and then when I say something go, Well, he's not actually doing any of that. Either he is or he isn't. So planning the I mean, flag, man, you, you are
3: like prickly it. tonight, Tom Pestek. Well, you
1: either like it or you don't. You either <laughs> say, "I love that he planned the flag on Ohio State." It's part of what makes him him. But if I say, well, well, "Why Bush, Bush when he's on my side?" How about don't, that? Don't say, "Well, he had every right to do it." And, you know what I'm saying? Like just either, either I, either that I like love it.
2: that he's on I'm on his side now.
1: Either you like it or or you don't. But don't act like you like it. And then when I say something, be like, "Well, that's not what he did." It's kind, you know what I mean? Like just say, "Yeah, what no, no, you thing. didn't," and I'm okay. That's not what he did with the with the transferring, and that isn't what he did with the transferring.
2: It's a very different situation.
1: Man, you guys was, are you guys fell down a rabbit hole here. I just don't understand why anyone should hold anything against Hugh Jackson for getting another job after he was fired. I think that's just BS.
3: Oh, I don't think anybody holds anything
2: against Hugh Jackson well, that's, for that's getting another comments. job. It's, All of his comments was, were around that. He was a head coach of a football team. Yeah. He went to. Another football team in the same division who's playing this team two more times this year. He knows all their plays. He knows all of their, their audibles. He knows everything okay. about the team. Okay. Do, do, Gordon, do you really, though? The, because I kind of
3: feel like Browns, if he knew all their plays and all their audibles, they'd have been better.
2: <laughs> I just don't <laughs> like, like if, I was, if Browns, I was the Browns. Because they had a bye week to change. You, week
1: to change. The, the guy didn't try to get fired. I don't know how you can begrudge a guy for... Picking up, boy, he,
2: have, he didn't try to get fired.
1: Yeah. Throwing yeah. everybody under yeah. the bus, okay. Okay. losing right. every game, mismanaging
2: talent that he was given, not playing, not not giving his his number one pick a, an opportunity to, to even try to win the job in the off season. Sounds like a pretty bad coach to me. Sounds yeah, like a guy this pretty bad job to me. Sounds like a guy who literally you're making a great
1: argument that he should have been fired, which is not the, the same argument. That's a it great argument though. that he should have been fired. That's that is not an argument at all for he's a he's a dick for taking another job after he was fired. Those I'm are completely different things. I'm glad he went to the bank he he to to like, because he's gonna make make them worse. But those are completely different arguments. I'm not arguing um, he shouldn't have been fired. Nah, I'm just saying. So the what should he have done? What should he have done? The honorable thing and said, "Oh, sorry, Bengals. Like I'll have to find a team that the Browns only oh, play one oh, or zero this, more times the rest of the year.
2: Or oh this, no, I'll have to sit it, it out
1: a year <laughs> to hold up no. my honor." So you know what I mean? So, like, you like know
2: why, I, Tom? Because it doesn't. That's not what we're talking. But we're talking about is did it piss off the guys that he's that, that we used to play for him? Yeah, sure. Cool. And yeah.
1: I think that's an incorrect thing to be pissed off about that a guy that was fired found a job. I, I just don't wouldn't get you that. wouldn't you be if I, I got I, fired if I don't someone think else you can microanalyze
3: job, the I, mind of a pro athlete like that you know, and if, if just... I get
1: fired if I get fired and you know for whatever reason irrespective of why I got fired if I get fired and then one of my company's competitors hires me and then my old bosses start talking trash about me because I went to one of my competitors it's like well uh, uh, sorry like then don't fire me I guess. Or something like I don't. That's just a total BS reason. It's fine if like, oh, I didn't like when Hugh he was here and he wasn't. He didn't play me. You're and blah, blah, asking blah, blah. Okay.
3: irrational people the to bl- behave rationally. Be
2: the Clearly, something happened in the locker room between him and these. I mean, why else would they have that kind of a, a reaction to him even before the game?
1: I just think you could take the high road, right? Like, you know, you can just beat him Hi. and then just For say, what, you know, we my, we appreciate what Hugh did, and we, you know, now sure. we're we're coming together as a team and we wish you the best. And we're four and You don't have to be like, and they like in the football, like, and, and plus, it makes it see, I love how everyone now, and this is the Browns, this is the writers. Everyone's now is like, oh, well, now we're good again because Hugh's gone. It's like, what, what kind of world do you think we live don't in, that, Tom? Um, maybe, no one's saying, maybe, that. maybe, no one's maybe. Saying
2: because Hugh's gone. They're saying, hey, look, we're improving now that Hugh is gone. Maybe he was not using the talent correctly.
1: Maybe Maybe
2: that could be right. Maybe maybe his feud, his stupid feud with Todd Haley, the guy he hired to be the offensive coordinator, was getting in the way of developing his his players.
1: And all that is probably true. And that's a really good reason that they fired him. And maybe you can make the case. I'm not going to argue against you. They should have fired him after last year. Um, And I think that they have done better. Their play calling has been better obviously just playing nick chubb has been great mayfield's looked more comfortable they seem to trust him more those are all completely orthogonal to we're gonna like say after we've won a game that oh yeah the reason i didn't like shake this guy's hand i'll be real with you guys it's like i'm pissed he went to that team it's like okay that just relax you know what i mean
2: Uh, that's
3: um you're very naive
2: I'd rather I'd rather him be real be give a real and honest answer than just be like, Yeah, uh, okay, next
1: question. I'm fine that it was real. I just think it's dumb.
3: So Tom, what I, what I got my naive
1: what am I naive about?
3: Like, you are expecting professional athletes in an era where professional sports have basically become a male soap opera where these <laughs> Players are all just as concerned with their brand, and what gets their brand going is clicks. You think that they are going to somehow take the high road and not spike the football?
1: What I mean, what, I, what I, kind of world do you think we're living in, Tom? Oh, I, I actually, I just said I I don't like it. I just that's why I liked <laughs> Matthew Dellavedova over Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but he's not
3: playing one at all. He can't even get there. off the
1: bench. <laughs> Come one on, guy's man. going out there winning, and one guy's going out there looking good. And, and so I don't. About my
2: my no. favorite, my favorite troll of maybe uh, in the last year was Demarius Randall intercepting that ball and going and handing the ball to Hugh Jackson. Yeah, so that's where,
1: we, that's where we differ. I just feel like you can just take the high road. You don't need to. You don't need to do that. That's nah. not. If so you can rub someone's nose in it, you do it. That's not the football. political
3: discourse in this country at this point. And you know, that's not any discourse in this country. That's everybody is all about rubbing other people's nose in it. You know, nobody takes the high road, Tom.
1: I mean, you can say that, but LeBron, not the I mean, fans renamed Toronto LeBronto because of how he desecrated them over two generations, and I don't ever remember him talking trash. <laughs> to the
3: Are you Raptors. serious, Tom? Are you serious? Yeah. Like, you don't think that whole Joe Varden article last week that completely threw Dan Gilbert under the bus didn't completely come straight from LeBron's camp? Like, where do you think that came from? You, I mean, he was I'm, just I'm smart confused. enough to I was just give talking it about to...
1: How the, I was just talking about how the Cavs dominated a conference. No, but I'm talking for, about for how here. he
3: left and now he's rubbing Dan Gilbert's nose in it that that's why the Cavs are crappy now. Is because it was all and you, his Were
2: fault. you okay with him doing the 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 uh, the seventy seventy three and nine cookies for Halloween that year?
1: Yeah, I loved it because we won the championship. Mm-hmm. That's when you rub people's nose in it. Well, they won Not the game. Well, didn't they? Didn't the Browns Not, just win this well, game? Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, sorry, I don't get that excited about rubbing the nose in a team. Do you remember when Jeremy? Do you remember when Jeremy Hill jumped into the stands in in Cleveland? I last remember, time since I, I destroyed being, him. I remember being at the last game before this where the. Browns do
2: you remember played. do you remember Pac-Man Jones looking in a trash can for for
1: Terrell Pryor? I remember chanting uh, 2.0, which was Andy Dalton's passer rating in the Thursday night game that I was at in Cincinnati four or five years ago, the last time the Browns beat him. I know all about you know unearned bravado. I'm just saying the Browns are actually, I think, trending up. And I just want them to get really good and win a Super Bowl. I don't want them to be happy with themselves because they beat a terrible but they're team. They're not going to do that this year, Tom. Okay, well, I, so I, who good. I, I hope not. Oh, I thought you said they weren't going to. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, you know. I'm they don't cautious. even
2: have a real head coach
1: yet. I'm cautiously. Ex- well, why not? Why not? Um, why not
2: Greg Williams? Yeah. Why not mean the, bounty, Gate? Come the, on. the
1: thing of Bounty Gate? I don't care about Bounty Gate. It's football, right? <laughs> you don't care about Bounty Gate, but
2: you care about a guy handing a football to an ex head coach as a as a troll. But you don't care about Bounty Gate, where guys but, got paid hurt people.
1: That was a long time ago. Well, what do you, what should what should be done about him? Oh, then? well, so was the Holocaust. Jeez.
2: geez. Okay. wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just got just real saying,
2: up
3: in
1: here. Can't
2: just, the, defense of, the defense of it being a long time ago can't... can't It, it doesn't
1: uh, doesn't hold water with me. Well, then, should he just not be in football? I mean...
2: Well, there's is that he, certainly well, that he, argument. That's, should he it's probably he be, too late for that. It's well, probably think, too late for that.
1: Okay, so should he be only... Should he be relegated to the purgatory of assistant coach? Because that's fine, but like oh, head coach isn't... Probably. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I don't really that's care, to be
3: honest with you. I mean, I... I, the whole thing's a blood sport, so what's the difference to me? Um, You know, I, I personally think <laughs> that Hugh
1: Jackson... I love how EG says something. I say something back. We argue. Nate's solution is to jump in and just throw a chaos grenade on the middle of it, <laughs> laugh, and then get back out while we go back at it. <laughs> That's kind of what Literally, I do. That's kind like of my... Talk
3: about the Cavs game and all. Yeah, let's do this. So, Cavs, Tom, trending upwards... Yeah. They've looked better. Um yeah, who in your opinion, E. G., has been the best calv over the last four games? Is it Tristan Thompson?
2: Yes. I mean it's hard to argue that. Although it's hard to although sexton's been really good, and then tonight he he took a bit of a step back. But I think tonight the reason why was because other guys other than Rodney Hood really weren't hitting shots and Minnesota was so clearly keyed on him both, on both sides of the court, both offensively and defensively. Like they were actively sending two and three guys at him. George Teague was all over him and really, really taking it at him on the, on the other end. And, um, you know, and by the way, not not an excuse. It's just, he's still a rookie and they picked on the rookie tonight and that's okay. But, other guys needed to step up and take some of the pressure off, and Hood did in the first half, and Corver did in the second half, which is why they kept it a close game. But I, yeah, I would say, really over the course of it, Tristan, I mean, he's been a a double double machine. He has looked like he's finally got his hops back from, you know, from two years ago, yeah, and he has that
3: second jump that he hasn't had for two years.
2: Yeah, and he's been a real vocal leader out there.
3: Yeah. Uh communicating defensively. I mean, you look his last four games, he was he was a monster. Uh fourteen rebounds, fourteen and a half points, one point eight steals, um, an assist. I mean and uh only two and a half fouls and only one turnover a game. I mean that's the in thirty four minutes a night. Those are really awesome numbers. And I mean yeah. I would say the difference between tonight and the previous two games is in the previous two games um, there were other guards that could kind of take the scoring load off of Colin Sexton. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson and Andrew Harrison were both having pretty off nights. Uh, Andrew Harrison yeah. pretty much did nothing, was minus 15 in nine minutes. Jordan Clarkson was one for five, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn and the one thing i thought that uh down the stretch larry drew did he left rodney hood on the bench way too long when he should have put him in at the two guard you know about 5 minutes earlier cuz he was red hot in the third quarter you know rodney hood with another yeah. 20 point rodney hood's been really good in the last four games um yeah and and well, hood's uh, been
2: hood's been very aggressive and and uh looking for a shot and is the the shot he's hit some tough shots some really heavily contested shots.
3: And, and I also feel like Larry Nance's move back to the bench was really good for him and getting Nawaba in the starting lineup. And then, you know, Larry Nance coming off the bench and then again, starting tonight, you know, another really yeah. nice night, uh, 12 points. Well, they rebounds, missed, they missed Nawaba tonight. Oh yeah, they totally did. They, cause mi- Nawaba
2: really could have put, I mean, they could have put, they could have used him to help on Teague when he was going off in the, in the first half and then probably on, on Rose Rose in the second half when, man, I mean, I I think I put it out there, like, I I wasn't sure which I, which was more annoying that D Rose missed all those shots last year for the Cavs or that he hit all these shots this year against the Cavs. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's
3: shooting over 40% from, he's shooting over 45% from three before tonight. I mean, that's insane.
1: Like, yeah, and his that, previous that, high
3: was 34%.
1: That's shocking to me that he's kind of rebounded a little bit. I thought he was just going to be like Brandon Roy, just out of the league. Yeah. And then the other guy you didn't was You I... interesting? Sorry.
2: Um, Fratello said, and I love it when Mike Fratello joins him. He joined oh, so AC good. and Fred for the entire second half. And when you listen to him talk, you're like, gosh, I wish that guy could be the head coach again. Yeah. Um, but he made a, a point about Rose where he equated it to uh dominique wilkins because he said look i had dominique early in his career and he could jump out of the gym but he always had trouble you know getting air under his shots because he he would jump so high he would like kind of shoot a flatter ball and he said when later in his career when he after he'd had some some knee issues and some hamstring issues you know and his and his hops weren't quite there anymore he he really taught himself how to how to shoot, you know, really release the ball on the way up instead of on the way down. And that he, he sort of equated that with, with what it looks like Derek Rose has been able to do this year, really get more air under the ball, really, you know, kind of release on the upward trajectory to get, you know, to get, to get instead more of, of the, a, uh, of the
1: Hughes, instead of the Hughes holding down the button on the <laughs> controller too long set. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or the, uh, Who's the other like guy? Griffin, uh, uh, Blake Griffin does that too.
1: Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So
2: yeah. Although Nwaba, he's done that this year too. So yeah, Nwaba, he's not
1: jumping as high this year. Nawaba and Rodney Hood, um, their numbers and Tristan, their numbers the last seven games have been phenomenal. Um, those three guys. And you know, there's been some lineups with Jordan, uh, with Chetty Osman, Rodney Hood and David Nawaba um just with a crazy net rating over you know a game and a half 65 minutes worth so it's nice to me to see that when I looked at this season um I didn't know what they were going to get out of the young players and Sexton's look better they're getting something out of Nawaba. Um, I guess you could argue T T's not really a young player anymore, but you know, he's not that old and Rodney Hood's not that he's old. He's only
2: what, twenty seven, twenty-eight? I think he's twenty
1: six. Right. Yeah. So they're getting Tristan? a lot of they're getting Tristan's a lot of twenty seven. They're getting a lot of production. Yeah, okay. They're getting a lot of production out of guys that are very young or in their prime. So yeah. it's it's exciting to see. I mean, that's just all I really wanted out of the Cavs. They don't have to win every game, just be competitive. Yeah, and, it and looked, not look
3: like after, there's absolutely no hope. You know, yeah, that's what they look right, like
1: yeah. under, under Ty Lue. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. Like, and they don't. Well, well, and ever since J.R. Smith, Smith, so. yeah. Smith said they're just trying to tank, you know, it's like, oh, we'll just go beat the 76ers, and then we'll go beat the Rockets on a back-to-back.
3: Were I were that motivations possessions from beat. They should
1: have beat the Lakers. They should have beat the Lakers. I think that motivated them. I don't think yeah. those guys like hearing that. Well, know, I that think the other
3: just... part of it is a lot of people are saying that LeBron gave him a pep talk too. Like a lot Braun took a lot of them aside and said, you know, you guys are better than what you've been playing. You know, clearly Chetty Osman came in the next night and shot the lights out. Yeah. Um so it, I didn't
1: it... read the I didn't read the Varden article. So let me let me guess though. <laughs> it says more or less that you know LeBron wasn't gonna leave, but Dan Gilbert's an idiot, so he and left. And then they
3: traded for Kyrie Irving, and that was the end of everything. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. I and mean, then, maybe you know, maybe and that's they had
3: true. three chances to pull out. I, you should read my article that I wrote on it. I'll, uh, I'll send you the link. It was on, yeah. it was the live thread. But yeah, basically, the Cavs had three chances to pull out of that trade and didn't do it. And then, of course, you know. The rest is history, and I I had to go take care of my family. Or it was a lot of propaganda, and it was a little bit ridiculous. But also, he totally out PR'd, you know, Dan Gilbert, and yeah, that might be part of the reason the Cavs are playing better now. It's because you know maybe they want to win a little bit. But
2: you say you say he totally out. PR Dan Gilbert as if that's a difficult thing to
1: do no
3: no I'm not no it's not <laughs> a difficult thing to do I mean you you write a letter in Times New Roman and you've uh out PR Dan well, Gilbert so yeah
1: but that's said, yeah. I mean the Cavs have the Cavs have done a great job since LeBron left I mean they've taken the high road at every opportunity and the video tribute I heard was really nice so yeah it was a... like it's felt like the Cavs aren't looking well there.
3: did you watch that game Tom no Oh, you missed out. So that was the one of the strangest vibes I've ever seen in the queue. Would you agree, E. G., did you watch the beginning of that game? Yeah. It was like yeah. you couldn't hear a pin drop for about a quarter and a half. Yeah. Like the audience just didn't know how to react at all. And it was a very strange yeah. vibe for both teams. And then suddenly kind of the Cavs came alive a little bit, and then, you know, LeBron did his LeBron thing where he's just kind of gonna bring the team back, but yeah, it was it was yeah. a strange game. As as many LeBron like homecoming games have been.
2: It was a strange game and Tom, yeah, they've done the right thing, but again they had practice. I mean, he would left yeah. before and they handled it poorly. Yeah. And that was a much different circumstance because it was pre-title.
1: Oh, I know. So, I just I followed LeBron's whole career. I remember when David Blatt was fired and LeBron grabbed the ear of every journalist within a million miles and just said hey, make sure you know I had nothing to do with this, even though (laughs) everyone had been writing for a year and a half that LeBron hated Blatt. And it's just kind of like LeBron post-decision has perfectly manicured every aspect of his, his you know, how he is presented to the public and he makes sure of it. And so if an article comes out, Months later, right around the same time, LeBron's coming home, and it's one big fat, hey, you know who's to blame for all of this? Not LeBron James? Yeah, okay, maybe.
3: Well, and and here's the other thing. Like Joe Varden is going to get that amount of information and not publish that. You know what I mean? Joe Varden, who can't be bothered to cover the Cavs the last couple games, uh, as they have not even gotten a recap. (laughs) I, I saw your tweet tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, I you,
2: figured, why not, you know, show for the blog
1: if I can, right? Oh,
3: yeah. Somebody was like, uh, you know, the Athletic isn't even covering Cavs games. Why am I paying for this? And he said, well, go to Cavs the blog.
1: I so, mean, I remember a podcast yeah. with Jason Lloyd um, before LeBron made the decision where I forget who it was. Maybe it was um, it might have been one of the ESPN guys like Zach Lowe talking to him. And it was really weird because he had just woken up. So he was real kind of grumpy and <laughs> tired. And he just said he remembers talking to people in the Cavs organization the day of or the day after the parade. And they were convinced LeBron was going to leave. And he was like, you're crazy. Like, there was like a, two million people in the streets, and they have this powerhouse team, and they're going to build a statue. And, and they were just already terrified of that. So yeah. I mean, well, then it also became a self-fulfilling prophecy too. Yeah, it, perhaps, perhaps. I mean, yeah. I, I think they they made some, you know, panic moves. You can make that argument that dealing Kyrie because he <laughs> didn't want to be there was not well. It's right. not even
3: that they dealt him. It's what they dealt him for was yeah. like the worst trades it, in pro 11, sports history. Yeah,
1: they didn't get. They didn't get to take advantage of the lemon laws in Ohio, like you did when you bought your windows, mate.
3: <laughs> the five, the five foot eleven point guard with a bum hip. <laughs> five foot seven, yeah. But um,
1: but anyway, five I nine, mean, I, I, I don't whatever,
3: know. Yeah.
2: Is he ever going to play again? It.
3: I doubt it. I mean, he's at the end of the bench for. Um, well, let's see if he's played at yeah, all this so, year.
2: Denver, right for yeah, Denver? Denver?
3: Yeah, I got to see if he's even came into the game I mean I don't even know why they have him on the team
2: I mean he's not even that young anymore right isn't he he's got to be 30 by now
3: oh yeah he is so has he played it all this year he has not played at all this year so yeah. yeah my opinion is he'll go play in China next year and make some money and that'll be that I mean,
2: get the Brinks truck from there. What's the Chinese Brinks
1: truck called? The
3: Wan, the Wan truck. (laughs) Yeah. The, 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 the Wan boat. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't understand that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that was basically the gist of it, Tom. Uh, you you summed it up well. And, but it was fun to have LeBron back. The Lakers look good. You know, LeVar Ball or Lonzo Ball look, (laughs) look Pretty solid, and they have some good young players. But they're the guy that impressed me more than anybody that game was Javale McGee, who kind of completely owned the paint against the Cavs. Yeah. Um,
2: But at seven foot one, with as still as athletic as he is, it's not hard to do.
3: Oh no, and the other problem is, is the Cavs are not playing anybody when they start, you know, Tristan Thompson, who's going to pull Javale McGee out of the paint. So, if right. you can start a guy who yeah. actually has... No, Kevin
2: Love Kevin Love would make a huge difference. In, oh, absolutely. Like, tonight, tonight Kevin Love would have made a huge difference.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Kevin Love and George Hill would have made a huge difference tonight. Um, But yeah. you, not to say that Larry Nance didn't have a very good game starting a power forward, but... The Larry Cavs, had a good
2: game. Actually, yeah. he was on his way to a triple-double.
3: Yeah, and the Cavs have done some interesting things offensively uh in the last week they basically really simplified the offense um everything is very deliberate now um either they run right out of the break and it's usually a one man fast break i've never seen a team that passes less on a, a fast break than the cavs um so they run that and or if, uses
2: the glass less
3: oh god yeah so um, and we'll get to that but if that fast break's not there they walk it up They either run a high screen and roll, they run that pin down for Corver, or they, um, if they trap. Or at least
2: they do that now.
3: (laughs) Or they, or they set up an isolation or a post up. Um, and the nice thing about what they do is they've done a good job of putting, uh, Clarkson or Hood on the weak, or, uh, Chetty Osman, who's not as good at it, on the weak side wing. And what those guys can do when they get the ball swung to them on the weak side in an isolation position um, is they can, you know, score in isolation, get a pull-up, go to the basket, whatever, and they've been really good at doing that. And so it's a really simple offense right now. Um, Colin Sexton, a lot of times against the Lakers, just walked it up and handed it to somebody. And, you know, it was a little better with the passing the previous two games, but he... They've way simplified it, way slowed it down for him. He doesn't have to do too much. He's doing better about keeping his dribble, but even tonight, his when he got under pressure, his his handle was pretty sloppy. And well, uh, Teague
2: is a pretty good Teague's pretty good at 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 uh, getting the hand in yeah. uh, on, to pull a dribble. I was shocked they only gave him. I think they only gave him like one steal tonight, but it seemed oh, yeah. like he, he had, had like, a like ton five. Of strips.
3: Yeah, well, he had a lot of deflections where he just. Uh, he would strip the ball out of bounds on a drive, you know. Yeah. Something like that. Like knock
2: it off of your the guy's leg or whatever. Or even just yeah.
3: or even just strip it and then the Cavs would get the ball back with like 2 seconds to shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And
2: well, and that was the big that was really the big difference is the previous two games I think the Cavs had what well, they had they had like the 3 turnovers against the Lakers and they had I think they had like 8, eight. turnovers against yeah. against Philly and they had under 10 against houston as well and when you don't turn the ball when you take care of the ball and you don't turn it over you're not bleeding points to the other team i mean they it's 16 they had turnovers
3: 16 tonight. to 8 for uh, minnesota
2: yeah and then they also had a bunch of really bad bounces i mean they you know nance oh, yeah. i think brick bricked like three slams that should have gone in and or put back slams and Uh, And and then just uh, not using the glass at all. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they they blew at least least five or six layups tonight.
3: Yeah, and we can talk a little bit about Colin Sexton's finishing woes, but he does a lot of really bad things. He brings the ball up way – he shows the ball way too early. He doesn't use the glass. He jumps too early. And, I mean, how many times have you seen him go on breakneck speed and then try to lay it in without – using the glass and it goes off the back rim. I mean, I feel like we see that yeah. at least once a game. Um and it's like why are you well, doing that?
2: I also feel like if I remember correctly, and it's been a while, but that was that's like an Avery and an Avery Johnson special yeah. where Avery would always like sort of just kind of lay it lay it up in the front of the rim instead of yeah. putting it off the backboard when he would finish shots in his playing days and that was his coach and for his year at Alabama. So, um, so maybe, maybe there's, you know, with the right, the right coaching, uh, throughout the season. And as you said, a a lot of watching Kyrie and Tony Parker finishing, (laughs) uh, videos in the off season, maybe he can, maybe he can start to improve in that area, but that's, that's certainly a deficiency right now.
3: Yeah. And I felt like he did a little bit better job of getting into the body, Against, uh, in the three previous games. But the other thing that you yeah. saw tonight was Minnesota wasn't sitting back waiting for him to fire that 19 footer. They were getting right into his face. They weren't letting him yep. get his pet shots. And he had no counter for that. And that's going to happen for a rookie. You know, it's yeah. just, I mean, that's the way it is because the first time they run up against it, they don't know what to do. So they got to look at film. They well, got to come back. You know,
2: the one you're thing not going to make t- that in
3: in the game as a rookie.
2: Well, and the one thing Tibbs is still really good at is designing ways to stop your best player. Yeah. Or your most effective player. And they they ran a good defense against Sexton tonight.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They they now, really did. They they
2: left the they left the three point line open and Cavs weren't hitting them early until Rodney Hood started hitting them and then and then Corver kinda went nuts in the second half, so you know, and they weren't they weren't closing out because they they had guys like Derrick Rose, who's notoriously not a very good closeout guy on the on the arc, and and even Teague's not not the best closeout guy. So you know they they and they didn't have Jimmy Butler and Covington's good, but Covington um, is he, very boy, good. He, he had a great a really shooting defender. night tonight. He doesn't he doesn't usually have nights like that where he shoots eight of twelve and. Four yeah. of seven from three, but well, uh, yeah, he was stat. he was a monster tonight.
3: You saw the stat that the night before against the Bulls, he and oh yeah, Andrew Wiggins combined to go one for thirty.
2: <laughs> which yeah, is, that's almost well, Wiggins was over twelve, they,
3: and they won by double digits. <laughs> yeah, that was well, well they because they were playing the Bulls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and
2: but that's a stat. I mean, Wiggins. Yeah. I mean, how bad did Wiggins look tonight?
3: Oh, he looked terrible. I mean the only time he scored is when they just left him wide open. (laughs) Yeah, he was Yeah, when he had like seven
2: seconds to gather and shoot the three. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I'm just amazed at like I've never that was the most wrong I've ever been about anything was the Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love trade. (laughs) I will just admit that heartily. Oh, you know what I'm very much enjoying? So, uh, uh, Trey Young is 437 out of 437 dead last in RPM in the
1: NBA right now. Really? (laughs) So, basically, he had one great game against us.
3: (laughs) No, two. (laughs) He had two good games against the Cavs. One win, one (laughs) loss. And one good game against the Mavs, and that's been about it. Yeah. and
1: That's funny. That'll be like the Wiggins thing where Cavs fans all thought Wiggins was great for so long just because his splits against the Cavs were so good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: He'd shoot like 60% from three against us and like 10 against the rest of the league. And I thought you were going to compare him and Sexton because Sexton's shooting like 20 points higher from three. Oh, absolutely. Do you ever notice how Sexton's shot like almost never swishes, though? (laughs) Yeah like finds a way to go in but yeah it just doesn't it just doesn't go in
2: 46 percent right now from three and i think Trey young shooting like 28 percent
3: now i will say Trey young shoots every three that's available and uh colin sexton only shoots when he's absolutely wide open and he's set and doesn't shoot off the dribble from three hardly at all, like maybe once every other game, which is fine if they if you're not good at that shot, don't take it. But it's yeah. you know that's true. He's
2: only he's only attempted twenty eight and he's made thirteen.
3: Yeah, so it's not like
2: he's. So I'm sure. Yeah, Trey Young is a lot more than that. But he's also exercised
3: much better shot selection. I mean, he's shooting shots he can hit. So whereas yeah. Trey Young is just chucking from everywhere. And Sexton, real hit or miss defensively. I mean, he gets lost sometimes, but I also saw he was the first guard I've seen the cab, first cab I've seen in two years to chuck the roller on a pick and roll. So yeah. tonight, when he did a good job on that, so he certainly seems like a willing pupil. He just oh uh, wow,
2: he's nice. just three. worse than I thought. He's shooting twenty four percent from three, twenty eight of one sixteen. Yeah, he's just... Shooting 38 from the field. Aye, yeah. Aye, aye,
3: Yeah, he's... A, I mean, the only thing that's, he's really good right now is, is as a passer. And he's one of the worst defenders in the NDA. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's averaging seven, and, seven 7.5 and assists a game. So that's pretty good.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, clearly the two of those guys aren't very good, but... Or that guy isn't very good. And Colin Sexton looks like a much better player, you know, taken as a whole. Um... But, yeah, for the Timberwolves, you mentioned Covington. I was just amazed how good his defense looks. Like, he just looks like he's in every play. Um,
2: I think Philly's going to really regret uh, giving up Covington. I've never been a really big Sarge fan. I know some people are. I I think Sarge is just okay. I think Covington's a great 3 and D guy. He can be a little streaky, but... I, I agree. He plays great defense. I actually think he plays better defense than Jimmy Butler does these days.
3: Yeah. Well, and the other thing was that uh I think he's been a top twenty five RPM player for like the last five years or something like that. I mean and he's got one of the best uh advanced uh in terms of wins he produces by multiple metrics per his contract number, it's one of the best in the NBA. So Yeah. Yeah, he's and also Saric looks like a you know a solid bench player. I'm not quite as convinced he's as good as some of our bloggers think he is, you know with his Hitler hairdo um <laughs> 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 but uh but yeah, sarge, but I actually think it was one of those rare trades that was probably good for both teams because Philly needed to get a star and needed to get a closer and uh, Minnesota needed
2: need somebody to replace to replace Markel Fultz in the starting lineup, yeah,
3: so did you see the email I sent? Cause i didn't really want to yeah. tweet this, but um one of the things I read uh and i've seen this guy running around posting that uh the problem with Markel Fultz is he has this weird neurological condition, and now I gotta go look it up
2: Wait, uh, you might here's have- your email.
3: Yeah, what's it called?
2: Yeah, it is called um, it's an incurable neurological disorder called uh, focal dystonia.
3: Yeah, focal dystonia, and uh, that the and this is kind of one of those Reddit things where somebody's just going around, you know, saying that this is what's going on, and it. it Make yeah. him be, be I saw BS. your
2: definition, but I but I didn't see the guy going around tweeting it.
3: Yeah. Well, I've seen it on a couple different places. So I saw it on on uh, on Twitter, and then I saw it on Sam Amico, and I've seen it on a couple different comment boards. And it's basically some neurological disorder that affects muscle groups in a specific part of the body, causing involuntary muscle contractions and abnormal postures. So the yeah. Thought is that the non medical
2: had... term is the yips. <laughs> <laughs> it says right here. It says in sports it's commonly referred to as the yips.
3: Yeah, so he's getting these muscle
2: twitches. But mostly it affects like musicians and they I saw there was a big article on like archers. Like Olympic okay. archers get sometimes get this. Because
3: they uh they overtrain or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, musicians like... and archers, people that use their fingers a lot.
2: Yeah, uh, cartoonist Scott Adams, the guy that created the Dilbert comics, has it. Oh, yeah. Let's see, Andy Billups from some British rock group, group The Hamsters, has it. Interesting. So Um, I I was
3: wondering if...
2: Oh, this is amazing. Stuart Castles, the founder of the bagpipe rock group, the Red Hot Chili Pipers... (laughs) Announced his focal dystonia in September 2011, and he left the band. That's sad. Only he on created the the Red Podcast. Hot Roddy Pipers. I mean, how great of a name is that?
3: It, it would only be better if it was the Red Hot Roddy Pipers. But boom, boom, no, I, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with Fultz, but I want no part of him. I mean.
2: Well, it says the only way to treat the condition is with injections of botulism that reduces the symptoms of the disorder but is not a cure for dystonia. The root of the problem is neurological. You have to get the brain to rewire itself and eliminate dystonic movements. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he's got that, then I wouldn't take him. (laughs)
3: Yeah, and, you know, that is totally a rumor. Uh, I have no source. Just some random dude on the internet spouting that. No, shut up. (laughs) Yeah, Nate Smith said that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, according According to to Nate Nate Smith Smith from Cavs Podcast.
3: Brian Winhurst is going to be quoting me tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want him. I wonder if...
2: Instead well, he's of- seeing another doctor tomorrow, I guess.
3: Yeah, I wonder if Fultz instead of Covington would have been on the table, but I don't think so because I think Tibbs wanted guys that he could win now with. And Covington seems like <laughs> such a perfect fit for that. Did you see here tonight when uh, what's his uh, Fratello was talking about how Covington is a good friend of Carl Anthony Towns's, And that one of the things that's a real benefit of the trade is he can actually talk to Carl Anthony Towns'. Whereas uh pretty much anything Jimmy Butler said towns would tune him out, so right. i I thought that was real interesting, and you didn't see Baker Mayfield at the game,
2: yeah, I did, oh
3: okay, okay, I thought you interrupted me earlier and said, no oh, he was there oh, okay
2: no no no, no i I just said I just felt like we were well, and we did anyway, so it didn't matter like. <laughs> You know, just the whole, like, become, become a Browns podcast. But, um, no, I saw him. I I posted I, I posted the, the video of him. I said that the sad thing was all the empty chairs behind him.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. There I were
2: literally, like, four rows of empty seats behind Baker. It was almost like he was like, oh, is he at a summer league game? Like, what's going on? Yeah,
3: it was dead tonight. But also the weather is really bad in Cleveland tonight. And we're supposed to get Yeah, they
2: showed the snow, snow outside. Yeah,
3: I think that was a lot of it. Like, you could have probably got a lower bowl ticket for five bucks tonight.
2: <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah. I mean... It's Might have of, to
2: move back if I can get cheap tickets like that. Oh, you can
3: get super cheap tickets on Flash Seats. I think next year they'll be harder to come by because there won't be as many people with season tickets <laughs> that want to sell them. Because everybody, you know, they made everybody renew to get playoff priority last year. And, right. uh And they won't sell as many season tickets this year. And it's kind of funny because... They're doing a 50% off no fees for a couple different games going through midnight tonight. And it's like, you know, when you can get them for less than that on the uh, flash seats market, it's hard to justify spending that. So, but we'll, we'll see what happens with the, with the Cavs if they keep winning. Who knows? I mean, I'm enjoying watching. It's, gonna,
2: it's a tough row. It's a tough road ahead, to head, I think. Um, it is. I think the next, the next three games are against, uh, uh okc boston and and uh toronto so
3: yeah those are I
2: think it gets kind of tough for a little while
3: yeah okc around a 500 team but they always seem to kill the Cavs. and then boston
2: well and it's Kyrie at, always at okc up. and yeah. at boston too
3: Kyrie and then toronto
2: on a on a back-to-back so
3: oof yeah that is rough so, and the Cavs, I feel like their guard depth, their lack of guard depth is catching up with them right now as well. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, Andrew Harrison yeah. w- did not look good tonight. Um, no. It, and
2: he, he kind of redeemed himself in that, in that Philly game. Um, yeah, where he had he five had assists. A, yeah, he had five assists. He had five points. He had a, uh, and both of his buckets were when they really needed one uh he he actually i mean I, there's a reason why Larry Drew left him in for the whole fourth quarter cuz he really brought some stability to the team and really seemed to be running the offense very well uh unfortunately that was not the case tonight he did not have uh one of his better games uh tonight it's too bad i mean look i i i recognize having a point guard who's display he's like 6-6 i think yeah so he's on the tall side for point guards he does Seem to handle the ball pretty well, but he's not a very good shooter at all. Um, as Mike pointed out in, in the article when he joined the team, and um, you know he he seems to have a good nose for assists. He seems to know like he had a good uh, chemistry going with with Nance that in that Philly game, and um, seems yeah, to really know where you know where guys are on the court. Yeah, he seems to know where guys are on the court, but. Uh, you know, when, when you can't really shoot at all, it, it makes it really hard to, uh, you know, if you're not at least going to drive and kick. And he doesn't really drive and kick so much as, you know, kind of gnashes it like, uh, you know, like Clarkson does sometimes. But, yeah.
3: And, and yeah, he's not a good shooter, not a good jump shooter off the dribble at all, I've noticed. I mean, he seems to lean way too forward, way too far forward on his jump shot when when he kind of, when he dribbles into it, and uh, he almost seems, like, overdeveloped. You know what I mean? Like, really big mm-hmm. in the upper body, and kind of it's affected his jump shot a little bit. Um, I feel like yeah. he would almost be better as, like, a three. You know, one of these guys kind of like uh, Livingston who can kind of play three different positions than as a pure point. You know what I mean? And just kind of played in the post, and and did things he was good at, but he plays on the perimeter too much for the kind of player he is. You know, like a team like, yeah. a team like, uh, Golden State might be really good at using him, but the Cavs sure. don't really have that within their offense. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, he, look, Larry Drew's definitely been a better, a better, uh, you know at it, at his rotations and, and adjustments, and, and, and figuring and... out how to use guys yeah adjustments that Tyler can never seem to figure out i just don't know how much larry drew is going to be able to to teach yeah. some of these young guys the,
3: yeah you there's only so
2: many I mean now is watch. when they need now is when they need a coach more in the mold of a you know of uh what's his name atkinson from the nets or or uh, you know a younger Like, you know, well, like, like what Brad Stevens was early on. I mean, like, these are the guys that can work with the, you know, the try hard young guys that have potential and a lot of energy and And try to harness that. Coach them up. Yeah. Yeah. Coach them up defensively. Coach them up uh, on ball movement. Coach them up on. And I think Larry Drew has done a really nice job at, at minimizing turnovers. I mean, tonight was obviously. Uh, an outlier for that because Minnesota Minnesota's actually a pretty good defensive team. Um, but they're gonna be running into that I think the next three nights with or next three games with uh, uh, OKC, boston and and Toronto. yeah, and they all have that's three pretty good point guards offensively
0: and and, and, and at teams least for us that and,
2: get a lot
3: of deflections and a lot of uh, pressure yeah pressure the ball. Or can pressure the
2: ball. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I shudder to think how Colin's going to do against Marcus Smart when he just goes in and bodies him up. Oh, yeah. Just with that, with that sort of loose dribble dribble that he has right now, or loose handle that he has.
3: Yeah, that but, and, and Colin Sexton's a pretty thin guy. I feel like he needs to put some muscle on. Um,
2: yeah, and he will. These yeah. are all things. The good news is, I think more than anything, the good news is, is that... This team's competing now. Yeah, and, well, and we're
3: seeing incremental we
2: were, well, where we were a week and a half, two weeks ago, is no longer the case. This is, doesn't yeah. look like a team that's going to go seven and, and seventy-five or whatever. Yeah, you know, they're they're gonna they they feel like a team that could win twenty twenty-five games now. Yeah,
3: and and they don't look like it. Doesn't seem like a death march.
2: <laughs> you know and <laughs> they're having fun there's there's every night there's something you can point to and say oh that's that's some good improvement and there's other things you point to and say well that's a step back or a couple of steps back but
3: you know yeah. you see but guys I, like ah. you're also seeing for every yeah. guy that takes a step back somebody is making an improvement like rodney hood who's been a night and day difference player in the last you know week and a half or you yeah. know uh Tristan Thompson, you know, in the last four games has been amazing. So, you know, guys are making improvements. And even if a guy yeah. has a bad game, he seems to come back and and do well. Like Nawaba had that terrible shooting game against the Lakers and then came back and had a good two nights in a row. So, and, yeah. you know, he's not a guy that's going to score you a ton of points. If he gets a double figures, that's gravy. But he's a guy that's going to set the tone for you defensively. And he's clearly, to me, the best perimeter defender on that team, right? I mean, would well, I'd really
2: it? like to see. I think I think Jetty can be. I think he, as you said earlier, he he try. He's sort of a victim of trying to do too much, and then when when things don't happen the right way, I think he still loses confidence mm-hmm. along the way. On both ends of the floor. either in his shot or in his yeah in his defense. like he had a really bad foul called on him. Um, oh yeah, that blocking on the, foul on the offensive on, end. Yeah, yeah. It
0: was it terrible? We're
2: like, we Jang clearly like moved slightly, moved over, and still wasn't really in the path, and just kind of fell back. And it, it was too bad because it was a real kind of pivotal moment too. Because yeah. I think that would have cut the lead to with the because he should have should have gotten an and one. It probably would have cut the lead to about three, and they had a lot of momentum at that point. And then from that point they. They gave up some points, I think, but. Uh, but the other side yeah, of
3: that is the same thing that happened to Colin Sexton when Colin Sexton tried to go one on three and score real quick. Uh, you know, at the end of the game, it's, you know, Chetty. Yeah, he could have made a great play and put it in, but he also had an easy lob play to tr- to Larry Nance or a wraparound pass to Larry Nance that would have been a dunk. You know, and that's the play sure. he should have made in either case or in. Uh, Colin Sexton's case, he drove one on three and literally had Kyle Corver in the corner with no one within ten feet of him, and you know that, and that's usually an automatic make. So that's the play you should have made. Yeah. But the, and the Cavs will figure these things out. It's just they they've got to learn. So mm-hmm. and one of the things I want to ask you about is like, do you think the Larry Nance? That we have now where he does some great things, but he also just, for some inexplicable reason, makes two or three dumb fouls in a game or tries to just totally tear the rim down when he finishes and blows a dunk or, you know, has a bonehead play. Do you think he's going to get those plays out of his system and become a really good player or is who he is now who he is?
2: Um, do you want me to answer that, or Tom? Yeah,
3: no. That I mean, you first, since you've been actually watching the Cavs recently. <laughs> that Tom could go. <laughs> um. Uh,
2: uh, that's a tough question. I I know what I want it to be, and I know what I kind of have a gut feeling about. I mean, I, I really want. There are enough moments that make me like he almost had a triple double tonight, or he was on his way yeah. to a triple double tonight. And had he actually thrown down the three dunks that that wound up breaking off the back of the, the 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 basket, he'd have had an eighteen point night. And you know, it, it's he definitely can affect shots. He's definitely got a lot of energy, but I worry that. I mean, here's a guy who's he's he's twenty five. He's not you know 21, 22. And I think you kind of, there's a little bit of you are who you are. I mean, look different situations. Look at JaVale McGee, JaVel JaVale McGee was on his way out of the league at 28. And when, cause people just saw him as kind of a joke from the Shack and the fool stuff. And then he went to golden state and they figured out how to use him. And all of a sudden JaVel McGee is a, an above average five. Now I think, the same thing could be true about Larry Nance. If you put Larry Nance in the right on the right team in the right situation, he could be that guy. I just don't know. He keeps trying those threes. He's like added that and I mean, you think he's hit like 3 of 20 or something this year? Like the the two he took tonight were not at good times. They were kind of not rally killers, but but certainly shots that took them out of their out of their offense and and led to easy points on the other end. Um, you know, and well, look, if you can continue to develop that shot, sure. And if you're going to try to develop that shot, what better place than on a team that's really not going anywhere for, yeah. for well, this and year anyway? The other
3: side of that is what I've said is if you've got the green light to shoot that and you're going to shoot it, stop hesitating. You know, don't take it as an afterthought. Right. Step into it with confidence. Right. You know, Be aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, The other thing I think about Larry is he tries to make the highlight dunk too often instead of the easy finish. And right. like you saw it in that Lakers game, he tried to absolutely jump through the roof to throw down that um J.R. Smith lob. And if he had just caught it and gone back up for a simple dunk, it would have been an easy, you know, Easy deuce. And you saw it a few plays later when he got close to the rim and just... Because he has the feet to get close to the rim and dunk. So he needs to do that and make the simple finish rather than the highlight dunk. And you saw it tonight, too, when he tried to just absolutely throw one in on the fly. And then, you know, about five minutes later, he just came in and made an easy slam. He's just got to stop trying to go for the highlight play every time. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, do you kind of feel... What yeah. I'm saying there, and and I agree. And also, he's got to stop picking up dumb fouls. I mean, stop fouling yeah. guys for being over aggressive. Did I mean, a
2: better job in the second half. He he, he really kept the kept the arms vertical and and uh, you know and, and just try to body guys up rather than yeah. rather than reach. That's always when he gets in trouble when he because he has such yeah. long arms when he reaches. In today's NBA, guys are. Wily enough where they're just gonna, they're gonna flop and you're gonna get called.
3: Yeah, well, and the other thing is, I mean, he's picked up. It happened
2: against Embiid on, on, in the Philly game.
3: I feel like in the three previous games, he picked up a, um, what did they call it? A hooking foul for an offensive foul. Or tonight, he picked up an offensive foul for setting his stance too wide. It's just like, it's just little things that he needs to, if he just can work out the little parts of his game the other stuff is so good that he could be a really, really good player. He just got to stop doing the little things that are just throwing him off his game. So I I feel like he has that chance. And the difference between, you know, being 27 and 25 is is probably where those little things go away. Um, You know, when, and we've studied aging curves, I know Kevin Hetrick did at the old site and Jeremiah Singelman has done some work on aging curves and, Kind of his thing is, is once you are twenty five, um, you're kind of the player that you are. But um, hey, Tom. So Tom's about to sign off here. Any any parting shot?
1: Uh, just wanted to say it's great podding with you guys, and um, no hard couple, feelings. Oh no, no. A couple weekends ago, it was a really bad weekend for Cleveland sports. Ohio State got. Curve stopped by Purdue, uh, the Cavs, uh, the Browns and the Cavs fired their coaches. It's just, it was like, wow. If you had any, if you're from Cleveland and you had any common brooding interests, you had a really bad weekend. And this past weekend, the total slaughter of Michigan, um, putting up more points in regulation on Michigan than has ever happened in the history of Michigan football. Uh, the Browns really laying it to, the Bengals and having a larger halftime lead than the Browns have had since 1991. The Cavs playing with grit and you know ending the 20-game home win streak from the 76ers a couple days ago and then beating the Rockets. It was just a really awesome weekend for to be a Cleveland sports fan. And so, you know, be interested to see where the Cavs can go, but it's nice to see that at least their young players are really the ones contributing right now and they can build off that
3: yeah so follow-up question what is the best thanksgiving food strawberry rhubarb pie strawberry rhubarb pie i've never had that for thanksgiving to me that's normally a summer pie interesting e.g what's the best thanksgiving food
2: um i really like uh the stuffing that my wife makes.
3: Yeah, my my mother-in-law Stuffing's makes good. awesome stuffing, and but I got to go with pecan pie, which is one of my all-time favorite foods. So,
2: I cake. made a pumpkin cheesecake this year.
3: Nice.
1: Ooh. How how'd that turn out?
3: Yeah,
2: it was pretty good. Pretty
1: good. Very tasty. Candied sweet potatoes are pretty good too. Yeah,
2: I oh got, yeah, that's good.
3: I I like uh, my mother-in-law's fruit cake as well, but it really doesn't kind of round into form until. Uh, until about uh christmas time so
2: i was gonna say fruit cake is definitely a christmas thing
3: yeah yeah oh and i i've I've got some homebrew i i need to send you guys a couple bottles so oh by
1: the way this house that we're buying there's a kegerator (laughs) and they're leaving and they're leaving it oh nice oh nice
2: party at tom's house yeah definitely new new house Yeah.
1: yeah uh we can more? come
2: down i'll come down and, and visit we can debate the Browns some more
1: <laughs> well hopefully by then there will be a debate because there'll be a playoff team and i won't have any problem with bravado i'll find it earned
2: and i'll just <laughs> i'll
3: just drive down just to toss in a chaos grenade and drive yeah that yeah nurse. that's
1: all you do Nate. that's all you do nate's the guy that he sees two buddies doing the hold me back pose and he grabs them both by the head like Three Stooges style and throws them throws them into each other.
3: Well, part of it is it's it's all I can do to get a word in edgewise against you too anyway.
2: So, well, part of my part of my uh, uh, fire was really fueled today by just because I I just was. For whatever reason, just just comb- kind of bombarded with Twitter today with with all the this national Jeremiah's, media people. Jeremiah's anger no, no, it was fun. no, it was just it started with this Damien Woody thing on First Take this morning, and then just kind of blossomed from there. And then it just became like everybody taking shots at Baker for being unprofessional and hey, grow up, dude. And it's like it's not what it was at all. And well, know, and the other
3: part of it is of all the people. Damian Woody, you know, come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's like, get a life, though. I mean, remember when they did that to Cam Newton and it was like, oh, racism. It's like, no, this is just people expect quarterbacks to be these kind of silent leaders. And that's just the stereotype. Not every quarterback is Drew Brees. Not every quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's time to get rid of that old stereotype. Baker Mayfield seems like the kind of guy that is backing up everything about his confidence i'll put how about that eg his confidence yeah
2: yeah i like that though but i i, I think it's been too long since the browns had a definable um personality other than just being awful yeah you know i mean yeah. like like well i love ever seeing... since they come back who's the like, coordinator other than like tim i would say other than tim couch it's just been a bunch of guys that like you know they've been good in spurts but they've been jokes like I mean, this is the team that drafted Johnny Manziel, you know, and I feel yeah. bad for Baker that he gets compared to that guy all the time. i mean, was wearing like ESPN? A... Literally, literally ran that thing where they had Johnny Manziel sit down and pretend to write a letter to Baker to tell him about being the quarterback of the Browns. I'm like, <laughs> so what? Is, what is
1: this? All right, now I see why I earned your wrath because I was coming <laughs> in on the heels of all of that. But um, no, who was the yeah. Browns coordinator wearing the hoodie that just said "Dog Pound" on it? Because I loved. Oh, that. that's uh, Freddie Kitchens, man. That was awesome. Is
3: the is he the Freddy, very large Freddy
1: fellow? Yeah, very large, <laughs> giant. He does not look like a healthy man. Giant bright orange hoodie that just said "Dog Pound." I thought that was awesome. Yeah. We need to. The Dog Pound needs to re- return to its former glory. But see, that's what made the Dog
2: Pound great. You had Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield... Barking at people and talking trash in the media and saying "Bring it on! We're we you come here? We're gonna we're gonna make you feel it." All right. And that's that's what I like. I like that about these guys. I so like that I, there's some fire.
1: I, I do too. I mean, they need to. You, you gotta have you gotta have self confidence and you gotta be able to motivate yourself. So I just hope Look, they. Jabril get Peppers.
2: That Jabril Peppers took a bunch of like people were giving him a lot of lot of guff this year and then he, he had complained about it games. and then people were like making fun of him and then all of a sudden he took it out on the on the team on the field and he's been great ever since yeah
3: yeah take it out on the other team yeah do what you got to do to motivate yourself
1: yeah bro even if looked- it
2: means throwing shade at your former coach who left to go to the opposition
1: yeah, the Browns O line has been a lot better the last couple of games too. I've noticed they well, they, they they create a better pocket for Mayfield.
2: Well they put in um Greg Robinson in place of uh Desmond Harrison.
3: Yeah, mm. who who probably got like a former
2: number two number two overall pick who didn't work out in uh in LA or wherever and Desmond Harrison was an undrafted rookie, rookie who hadn't hadn't played in two years because he was loading boxes down in Georgia somewhere.
3: And they started him at left tackle for a top yeah. top five NFL pick at QB or number one NFL pick at QB. Like,
2: what are yeah. you thinking? <laughs> like, they're lucky. They started from the beginning of the season by when they yeah. announced Week One. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna start this guy who wasn't drafted and hasn't played football in two years. And, and that is went why to small, we hate Hugh Jackson, Georgia. What, what was That's it? I tweeted
3: it. A, a few weeks ago. I said, I hope to someday be as good at losing at anything as Hugh Jackson is at losing football games. I've never seen a guy that could take a winnable game and just totally screw it up. Like he was a force of nature in his ability to be crappy. Like, not only did he put a crappy product on the field and make terrible player evaluations and, you know, just constantly screw things up, but he could take a winning situation and turn it into a loss in the middle of a game. Like, he had an uncanny ability to lose. I've never seen anything like (laughs)
2: that. And there's people now who are saying that if Marvin Lewis gets canned finally after 16 years, that the that they may give serious consideration to hiring Hugh. Oh, and Bengals fans,
1: (laughs) Bengals fans are actually excited about that chance. That's how much. (laughs) Why would they be
2: excited about that?
1: Because they 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 think Marvin Lewis is the worst. They think they should win the Super Bowl every year, and so when they win nine games and lose in the first round, they blame Marvin Lewis. Well, get ready to start losing
2: twelve to fourteen games a year.
1: It's just like the backup QB, right? Is always, you know, the uh, the the savior in waiting. And then you get the backup QB, and after two games, the other teams watch tape and figure out, you know, what the heck to do. And now Kelly Holcomb is no longer going to take <laughs> us to the Super Bowl. It's the same thing with it's the same thing with the Bengals. Every, you know. Well, who was Tyrod
3: Taylor's backup last year? The <laughs> Uh, for the Bills, and he just got let go. Oh, Peterman, <laughs> Justin Peterman, yeah, <laughs> like he's the old Nathan Peterman, yeah, Nathan Peterman, yeah. I mean, but he threw like case five picks in yeah. one game. Okay, Tom, right, do you need to pitch before you take off.
1: Uh, the Super NES Classic, which was a holiday gift item last Christmas. I bought one this Christmas, and it's really easy to modify um to do other cool things. Of course, don't do anything illegal out there. But I'm having some fun with that.
3: Okay, oh, you'll have to tell me about that. <laughs> talk to you yeah. later,
1: Tom. Alright, see ya. See ya, Tom.
3: Yeah, I mean it it the Cavs have been fun for sure. And it was a fun weekend. We didn't even even t- talk about the biggest win of the weekend. And that is KD and the blog boys Ah, uh, Nate Smith's fantasy football team yeah. beating your fantasy football team. Uh, what is your well, team name? It would
2: help. It would help if. Uh, well, evil genius. It's oh, evil genius! Use, but well, it would help if I didn't have like three guys out due to injury, like Victor Oladipo, Chris Paul, and pretty much anybody else that I have that can get assists.
3: Well, it's your own fault if you picked up Chris Paul and you expected him not to get hurt. <laughs>
2: Well, I am not pick you him up. Right I drafted I
3: I'm just tossing you the football
2: <laughs> after scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Thanks for that.
3: <laughs> uh, I'll come back. Oh, I know. You I, always they, We're do. all kind of
2: bunched together. We are. We are. And, and
3: I lost Karis LeVert, who, who was who – was,
2: Yeah, that right was game. brutal. Yeah. I felt Fortunately, bad Fortunately, he looks kid, like man. he's going
3: to be back this year. So, Or this
2: season. I don't know how, but – well I guess he just I mean,
3: dislocated his ankle which I'd never even heard of before but he did not break anything. Even still. Well no just the amazing still. thing. He didn't break anything and there was no ligament, no permanent ligament damage. I mean which to me is awesome. <laughs> you know. Right.
2: Oh uh, no it's great that he didn't have cuz that would have been like that might have been career ending if he
3: Yeah. Had,
2: if he'd have broken all that stuff too yeah. but yeah I mean dislocation I mean, it's great. I just don't know how he's going to come back and be the same player this year, but Hey, no more power to him if he can. Yeah.
3: Well, it probably will take him till next year to be the same player. I mean, you look at Gordon Haywood right now, like I don't, I don't understand anybody in Boston who thought that he was going to take at least another year to be the player that he was before. I mean, you look at Paul George, same thing. It took him a whole year after the injury to get back to the player he was, you know?
2: Oh yeah. So, so they just, so I've been watching on mute the, uh, the ESPN tonight and they just, they just flashed because, uh, Harden and Gordon had a combined like, like 80. It was, I think it was like 85 points or something like that tonight. It was you like know the highest score. It did go to overtime, but yeah. It did, but, but they were number two. Guess who number one was?
3: James and Irving?
2: No. <laughs> no, it was, kobe's eighty one point game and Smush Parker with thirteen <laughs> they got to ninety four <laughs> that's fantastic that's the most Isn't that fantastic. amazing that's
3: that's the most random bit of trivia ever. It's <laughs> like Smush Parker who'd have thought
2: <laughs> no, it was like the only time you're ever gonna see Smush Parker's name associated with anything like that on the screen. you're like, oh, you were the extra thirteen points to kobe's eighty <laughs> one
3: well, I, I don't think Smush Parker is with us anymore. I think he's... What? Passed. Yeah, I think he... No. Really? Yeah, I think so. Smush Parker. That's sad. I didn't know that. Nope, nope, nope. I'm wrong. He's still alive. (laughs) Sorry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, spreading rumors like, no, Smush Parker's dead, and... and, There was uh, an... And, uh... Mark Fultz has got a inoperable a, shoulder neuro, neuro, neurology problem.
3: So, William uh. Henry Smush Parker is an American professional basketball player for Byron Scott's Primetime Basketball League's Los Angeles Superstars. I bet you didn't know that. Parker previously played for the Albany Patroons of the North America Premier Basketball League. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Albany Patroons. So, he's uh. still alive in the balance. Well. Playing in another country or anything, or
3: no? He's playing for Byron Scott's American Professional Basket or uh, Prime Time Basketball. Oh, league. that's the real thing. That that is what his Wikipedia play page currently says. So
2: Byron Scott, I've never heard of that.
3: Uh, there's, I <laughs> it's below the G League and probably below whatever league is below that. So
2: is it is it the um, the uh, Levar Ball League? It,
3: I don't it's know. It may, be, it may be the, uh, you know, it, it may be the uh, Bel Air Y. Who knows? <laughs> they may have just embellished his uh, Facebook page or his Wikipedia page.
2: Yeah, so Well, that would make sense that he'd still be playing for uh, Byron Scott. So.
3: Yeah. So, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is how much. So, to me, it seems like the Cavs have been. Much, much better since they told J.R. Smith to just stop coming to Take work. Take a hike. <laughs> you don't, you can yeah. still collect a paycheck. Just don't show up. Um, right. Or as I refer to it as, uh, clearing the odor of Hennessy from the building. Um,
2: yeah. Or the, the, the Mo Williams contract.
3: Yeah. I mean, to me, he had become a distraction and his play on the floor was, pretty awful um yeah how much how much do you think the Cavs' improvement is that or just that it was organic
2: i think it's all part of it i think it's definitely an aspect of cleaning up their act a bit um when you don't have a disgruntled vet who up until a year and a half ago is a pretty important member of this team um you know, I mean, it's it's gotta be hard for Jr. Look, because you, know, you think oh, about absolutely. the kind of guy Jr. was before he came to Cleveland, and just how much he seemed to, for the most part, clean up his act in Cleveland. Um, at least, you know, with respect to how with how his career had gone in New York and and uh, Denver. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think without LeBron around to keep him in check. Um, that's a that was a problem and uh, I think like any of the vets I, look I, I feel most bad for Kyle Korver if that's really what happened this summer where he had had a an, an agreement with management or ownership to say hey if if LeBron leaves would you guys mind trading me in the summer because I know you'll be rebuilding at that point so that I can get my family settled and I know where I'm going. I'm, you know, I'm not demanding you trade me to uh, this location or that location. Just give me a heads up. You know, give me the opportunity to go get my family settled, so I'm not in limbo. Yeah. Rather than trading me midway through the year or in February when it's probably the worst time to try to move a family around and get kids reacclimated to schools and things like that. And. Yeah, the, who knows? We weren't there. We don't know what was said or agreed to or not agreed to, but Corbett done nothing but been a, a great soldier for this team. And a
3: consummate it's, professional.
2: Consummate professional. He's helped, obviously helped guys with their shot. Um, I mean, LeBron says he helped him with, <laughs> with his shot. No. Uh, he's certainly been helpful to, to, to Jetty with his shot. Um, no, you, you, you look at that and you say, hey, if you're going to – if you're gonna if you're not gonna be stand up for a guy like Corber, imagine then have the trickle down effect for guys like J.R. or, you know, um you know or or George Hill or yeah. or even even Channing Fry to a certain extent. I mean how like much you buy this
3: George Hill injury. Do you think it's made up or Do you I think, think
2: it's, it's made up, but I think it's I think it's been I think they're being way more. If if they were in contention, he wouldn't have been out this long. Interesting. So, look, he was in. He was dressed. He was dressed tonight. He was on the bench in in his sweats.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, he probably warmed up. Um. So my yeah. th- kind of my take on Corver is the Cavs probably did think they were contending at the beginning of the year and and wanted him around, and then from everything the Windhorse report was that you know the Cavs realized they weren't going to be. Able to compete three games into the season after they lost to Atlanta. So, and then things change. So I don't know. I mean, but I, as you said, I appreciate Corver's professionalism and his uh, demeanor. And the other thing is the dude is so fundamentally sound still. Like tonight when yeah. he could have just taken heat check after heat check, he fakes the shot and then throws it down to Tristan who throws it to Nance. I mean, like <laughs> that is the kind of the definition of who he is as a player and you know he boxes out really well still he still makes the right pass he still can score on the drive and because his shot is so dangerous and his pump fake is so good and his fundamentals are so solid he still makes those two pointers i mean he's just he is a guy who takes care of his body is smart plays the game the right way and doesn't do things that he's not good at and You know, the difference between him and J.R. Smith is J.R. Smith was coming in, throwing up floaters and, um, you know, trying to go to the basket every other play or just jacking threes. And I mean, he was shooting sub 40 percent from everywhere and turning the ball over a ton and playing terrible defense. Well, you know, (laughs) it's hard to get mad at the team for, you know, there's that great tweet about it's hard to get mad at the team for tanking. When you're playing like garbage, and when you get minutes, so
2: yeah, they've certainly
3: true. been better since he's been gone. So, um,
2: well, because they can play guys like Nawaba, yeah, and
3: who I said you know, should then, have been starting then, at the beginning of the season. So,
2: yeah, uh, and then he's not an influence on Clarkson anymore right. or Sexton.
3: Yeah, and and so Clarkson's yeah, been I, I better with been the better. tunnel vision. I mean he still gets it a yeah. lot of times.
2: He made a great pass tonight. He the made a Corver great drive and kick to yeah. the corner for yeah, that three. That was terrific.
3: Yeah, and, and I was the, like,
2: gosh, if you just do that, do that like three times a game and you'll you'll instantly get less wrath from Ben from uh Ben. So. <laughs> yeah. Well
3: the other thing that's funny we talked about Corver, you know, being the professional is as much as he's always been a professional, he does he has kind of gotten a reputation as for a guy who misses clutch shots for the Cavs. I mean He had that wide open look against the Lakers that he just shot it too quick. And then, you know, we all know about the 2017 finals and, you know, just missing a wide open look from the left corner and that would have tied the game. So, you know, he's missed some shots over the years. So I hope he hits one before his career is over because I feel like the way he conducts himself, he deserves it. So
2: I think he will. And I do think. At this point, the longer they can hold on to him, the the more desperate teams will get before the trade deadline for shooting. Yeah, and I think the better price they can get in return for him. Yeah. Um. I mean, I anything more than a than a a second round pick and a, a nice you know developing nice young, young player. player. Yeah. Yeah, would be. I mean, I'd love to get Landry Shamit from from Philly. I think it's probably too late now because they're. Yeah starting to play him more and realizing what they have in him Well, now and that, that Foltz
3: is isn't going to play for him. Yeah, like what you were just about yeah. to Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean it's you know, I'd love to but I, someone like that on one of these teams would be would be great to bring back. Um yeah, I just think Fultz is too much of a gamble given oh, the, yeah, remember, the severity yeah. the severity of the shoulder thing. The, the worst thing you could have is is say, you know, you know, he becomes He's just Gumdrop Bear 2.0, you know, where you're, you're just like, oh, he's the number one pick, and he actually can't play, so we gave Corver away for cap space. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Well, he's not even cap space because he's due like nine million next year. (laughs) So yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, he he actually has a. I think they're going to move him just because they're going to want the cap space in the off season. So. Uh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see who takes a chance on him. Um I, I don't hate the idea of taking a chance on him, but I I don't know the Cavs definitely shouldn't give up any picks for him. So
2: No. No, I mean it would only be a you know, swapping out cab space with Korver with or JR, or something like that. Yeah.
3: yeah. But although I don't think you're gonna see any major trades until the guys signed this summer are eligible to be traded, and then I don't think you you may not see the Cavs move anybody till January when the price is at its highest. And I don't know if J.R. Smith's going anywhere till after the season's over because of the way his contract is structured. Oh, I don't
2: so. think so. Yeah, probably yeah. not. although not I think- unless not I was say not unless he you know mm-hmm. LeBron's forgiven him for the for game one. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, well, and no, I mean at this point I don't think J.R. Smith's going to end up with another team. I think what's going to happen is
2: Oh, I go- do. I think he'll take a buy. I think he'll th- they'll figure out a buyout eventually. It just won't be until the deadline for that kind I of really thing. You really
3: think another team wants to take
2: him on? For a minimum a minimum that minimum, sure.
3: Hmm. interesting. I I don't even know if if somebody wants him for that. So, well, well I mean,
2: if again, if if his relationship with LeBron is still okay, I mean, and they still do, clutch still does represent him. If Jr. somehow got bought out or agreed to a buyout, which he may not because he doesn't want to give up the cash, but at a certain point he might say, "Well, I don't want to just sit around the rest of the year." If he did get bought out, I could absolutely see LeBron saying, "All right, I'll give you another chance to redeem yourself. I need, we need, we need shooting here." Come in and you know and uh, just be a be a gunner for you know for ten fifteen minutes a game for us. I could see that.
3: Your dog agrees.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, I would have muted it, but I'm oh no, talking, you're fine. So.
3: <laughs> you're fine. So um, yeah. And do you think so? Cavs trade situation. You think we see anything before January?
2: I don't think so.
3: I don't think so either.
2: I, there's always the off chance that somebody that somebody loses a a ball handler and they they and then all of a sudden the George Hill contract yeah. is attractive. I think
3: George but, Hill is almost 100 percent guaranteed to be traded just for the salary cap savings that he's going to afford sure. to the team. So, yeah.
2: No, but I'm saying he, the only reason he'd get traded before the the deadline would be if that if something like that happened, like. Like oh, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Like Kyle Lowry goes down and they need, you know, they have Fred Van VanVleet, but they need somebody else to be an yeah. experienced ball handler, you know, or uh or another you know, major trade in-
3: goes down and the Cavs are kind of part of that. Um Yeah. Although I don't think there's like, any team burning it up to make a major trade right now cuz everybody's still kind of do we
2: have a it's chance? It's all of kind the- of like bunched together, right? I mean, it's yeah. all kind of like I mean, as much as the I mean, the East is kind of like—I mean, I think the Cavs were only—Cavs <laughs> were only like five or six games out of the playoffs that's when when they entered play tonight. And then the West is even wackier. I think the only team that's out of it out west is Phoenix. Wow. Everybody else has at least like nine wins, I think. <laughs> yeah, so.
3: and and yeah. Wow. Yeah, and the Clippers the are at the
2: top with, like, 14. <laughs> I mean, the
3: Rockets are at the 13th at 9 and 10. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And
2: cool. you know they're not going to be bad all year, so.
3: No, I, but there's going to be probably three good teams, or three at least 500 teams that don't make the f- playoffs out West. So, yeah, it's gonna yeah. it's going to be tight all season. So, yeah, I mean.
2: And there I, might be three decent teams that don't make the playoffs in the East.
3: I mean, as many bad contracts as the Heat have, like you said, they're only a couple games out of the playoffs. So they're yeah. two and a half games out of the playoffs. So any team makes gets hot. The Knicks in the West. are only
2: two yeah. games out of the playoffs. <laughs>
3: yeah, any team gets <laughs> hot in the East, and it can happen for them. So
2: yeah. Meanwhile, you got teams that that are unexpectedly doing well, like Orlando and Sacramento.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, unexpectedly, really well. And then you look at a team like the Grizzlies who just blatantly tanked last year, and now look really good. So.
2: Yeah. Well, and they got a nice player in Jaron Jackson.
3: Yeah. Yes, they did. So.
2: And they well, just picked up. Uh, they just picked up. Oh, uh, Kim Noah, right? So he's finally back in the <laughs> That's I awesome. I think they were. They were. That was in the process of. I don't know if they wound up doing it or not, but they were talking about it. That That's fantastic. So yeah, uh,
3: yeah podcast getting a little long in the tooth. Anything uh, you want to uh, pitch before you before we sign off tonight?
2: Um, what was I going to pitch? Um, I am. I'm watching. I'm halfway through the the Julia Roberts um, Homecoming. Yeah, Homecoming series on Amazon that the, mm-hmm. the the creator of Mr. Robot. it's really interesting. I don't oh, know where okay. it's going. I didn't know it's the
3: creator I, of Mr. Robot. I'll have to check that out. Oh that yeah. And
2: it's it's also interesting cuz it's like 30 minute. It's a drama, but this the episodes are 30 minutes, so it's like 10 30 minute episodes. So it's not very long. It's easy to, to kind of burn through, but um and people have told me that you know, you'll the ending will really surprise it really surprises, but uh so I'm enjoying that so far. I'm about three or four episodes into that, but uh and I'm getting getting ready to watch the uh the second um installment of Making of a Murderer, which I hear is crazy.
3: Interesting. I'll have to check that out as well. I haven't been watching too much non non Cavs TV. Um I did ah, go see sure. a couple mo I saw a couple movies this weekend. I saw Oh, what'd I go see? I saw the new Harry po- or the Fantastic Beach, Beast, which was, sure. or, uh, or as we like to call it, Harry Potter, Harry Potter Retcon. Um, right. <laughs> it was, it was kind of a, a hot mess. And then, yeah, what was the other big movie from this weekend? Oh, Wreck-It Ralph 2 was entertaining. So I'll, I'll give a shout out to Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, not All as right. good as the That's first fair. one. Not as good as the first one. I did take a kid to see it. Didn't go by myself. So, <laughs> not as good as the first one, but very entertaining. So, yeah. Um, but the first one was nice. such a kind of from out of nowhere delight. So, and and I right. love John C. Riley and and Silver Sarah Silverman's really funny, and Jane are yeah. also great in it. So, uh, but the second one w- was good too. So.
2: That, that was my weekend. Oh, I'm sure so, I'll check it out eventually over the yeah. over the holiday here. So. Yeah.
3: Yep. Um. And. and no right. Any movies we should look out for coming holiday season?
2: Well, uh, Nomad. Nomad asked me that. Like, what would, top five movies for the the holiday Have season you seen Widows to yet? check out? No. I'm I want to see. Super crazy about it's really good. seeing it. Yeah, he's a good filmmaker. I've just I don't know the subject matter didn't appeal to me all that much. I would say. My top five are going to be, uh, in no particular order, Destroyer, the Nicole Kidman movie, um, Green Book, which is really, really yeah, good.
3: Which is out in theaters.
2: Um, now. yep, out in theaters now. Um, oh, what were the other ones? Oh, uh, Vice, the, uh, the story about, um, Both. Dick Cheney. Oh, and, Dick
3: Cheney, yeah, that one looks really good.
2: Yeah, that should be good from the, the director of, uh, The Big Short. And then, um, what else? Look, oh, the mule, the the Clint Eastwood movie.
3: Yeah, that looks interesting. Is it his last one? Is, is
2: it that, might be. You never know. The, la- the yeah. every every one could be the last one for him. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. That he's announced it. Like yeah. Redford well, in the preview, though, my, when he
3: says this is my last one.
2: You know. It's, yeah, uh, but I. Yeah. I think it just means for the in the context of the film. Yeah, the but I think one, the but, implication
3: uh, is also there, too. I mean, I don't... Maybe. Yeah.
2: Maybe. I wouldn't There's be surprised.
3: There, but, yeah, and yeah. I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but I really want to see it, so...
2: Oh, I, I did wind up catching that over the over Thanksgiving break. Uh, Was it awesome? You know, I mean, it, I love it, because I love that music, and, and you love I thought that... D- yeah, and I love Rami Malek. I, I look, it it has its flaws, you know. it it, it It's a little it's a little sugar coated here and there, but um, all in all, like if you if you're a fan of their music and and you and you feel like watching, uh, you know, Rami Malek act, it's it's worth it's definitely worth a, a viewing. Very cool, very cool. Well, yeah. Um, well, yeah. apologies for my for my uh, anti rant with Tom tonight. I, oh, I, hopefully, don't, people get, to apologize don't get too for. don't get too upset by the by the the intense back and forth and the fact that we spent the first half an hour of this well, podcast. I'm probably going
3: to remix it and put stuff. it at the end.
2: Oh, that's probably so a good idea. It
3: makes more sense. <laughs> so. so,
2: coming up, fair yeah. warning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of
3: shouting. The bonus coverage between EG and Tom. Yeah. So, well, as Fair always, enough. go Cavs. Go Cavs. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday. Yeah. For the Celtics, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Go
2: Cavs. Go Cavs.
1: Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger.
2: There's a fire.